Hello and welcome to the Harvard EdCast, a series of conversations with thought leaders in the field of education from across the country and around the world. I'm your host, Matt Weber, and today we're here with an education legend. She needs no introduction. She's the president of the Children's Defense Fund, Marion Wright Edelman. Welcome back to the Harvard EdCast. Thank you. I'm glad, glad to be here. Take us back to when you first heard about the Newtown shooting and your first reaction as someone who's always worked their entire life to protecting children and your emotional reaction to it and then what you decided to do. Well, in fact, I was here in Cambridge and it was stunning. Um, and um, it made the point that we've been crying in the wilderness trying to make for many, many years that none of us are safe anywhere. And school violence has been um, viewed as a largely inner city black problem and obviously black children are disproportionately affected in poor neighborhoods and many of them live every day in war zones. Um, but it has been true and we have been um, publishing these reports for 22 years in the wilderness saying that the you know, majority of children who are killed by guns are white and it's everywhere. Um, but somehow this one brought it home despite Columbine and Pearl, Georgia, Pearl Mississippi and, and um, Aurora, Colorado. Nothing seemed to have grabbed the, the, the hearts of the country like these five and six year olds and seven year olds. I mean, it was, it was, it was shocking. And so I think it brought home a lot of things and, um, it, and because it was where it was and who it was. And it was just profoundly sad. Um, and I hope that this can galvanize us as it seems to be. And right as we are talking, we're doing a, have a heart demonstration in Washington right now um, with, the, with, with the New Million Moms Against Gun Violence and others. Um, but I just hope that we can now use this as a chance to have some common sense gun safety, but more importantly, um, to talk about the level of violence in this country that is absolutely staggering. Um, and um, um, it, um, we have been doing a number of pieces on, on gun violence. And, um, you know, we lose more ch children under 10 each year than we lose police officers in the line of duty to gun violence. We, um, since 1968, um, we have lost 48,000 children to gun violence. That's 7,400 new towns. Um, and more importantly, you know, the massacre of the day in and day out, daily, taking of life by guns is overwhelming. And we went back and calculated since Dr. King and Robert Kennedy died, how many Americans had died from gun violence. And to our absolute astonishment, it's 1,300,000, which is twice the number of Americans killing themselves, killing each other, accidental shootings, than we have lost in all the wars, battles, casualties, and all the wars in our history, from the Revolutionary War, through the Civil War, um, through World War I and II. What's it going to take to make a stop and see this? And what is this preoccupation with guns. Um, and so we have a campaign, which I hope is now getting greater resonance, to protect children, not guns. But I just hope that the tragedy of Newtown can be transformed into real nonviolence um, as a new way of thinking about things. Um, we've got to control assault weapons. What in the world's purpose of assault weapons? Um, there, you know, but then I realized that there's a uh, um, a group of NRA people and gun owners, because nobody's talking about not hunting um, and um, not self-defending, though if you keep a gun in your, your home, you're more likely to use it against yourself or somebody in your house, um, and so it's less, it makes you less safe. But the idea that um, they want to have these assault weapons and that they're sold over the counter runs me wild. I walked in my one Walmart um, visit near Haley Farm, 
and found, you know, you can go past the vacuum cleaners and the toasters and the children's clothing and the toys, and then you run into these, the, the, the very rifles that killed, these assault weapons that killed these children in Newtown. Why is that like, how can we normalize something so destructive? How is this the only, only non-regulated consumer product? And we, we, we regulate toy guns and teddy bears, and we don't regulate something you can wipe out children in a few minutes. And it's just crazy, folk. But I finally began to understand that they're really fighting the revolutionary war all over again, and that they're really trying to protect themselves against the government. And that they've got to have these assault weapons, because I've been really trying to understand the mindset. Um, they're, they're, they're trying to protect if the police have them and if the military have them, they gotta have them because they've gotta really ward off this, this, this government that may well do these terrible things to them. This is insanity. We, I just hope that we can get a real debate here and that for the sake of our children um, and for the sake of, of all of us, because none of us are safe anywhere, that we can now have a thorough debate and hopefully have some common sense gun response but that's, we also need to have some discussion about violence. I mean, Dr. King really warned us about this preoccupation in violence. We need to think about new ways of resolving conflicts um, within our own homes, um, within our communities. Um, and we can't keep blocking people up. Um, and um, so I hope that out of this horrible tragedy can come some good. And I'm sorry to keep going on and on. No, no, please. No, no, people sorry. definitely want to hear more from you than from me. Well, <laughs> but I shouldn't just go on and on. But, I, but it's... it's um, We've got to come to grips with the, the self-destruction um, that is going on here, and children have a right to be safe. And for those of us who are educators, um, we've got to make sure that um, you know we keep them safe, but we've got to make sure that the cure is not worse than the problem we're trying to solve. And what we have seen in the, the zero-tolerance gun um, era, that they have used this to begin to criminalize children at younger and younger ages for nonviolent offenses, and as schools have become even a greater feeder system into the cradle-to-prison pipeline. Um, and while um, you've seen very few mass shootings that have been young black children or young black youth, um, you know, they're the ones who are being shunned off to prison for nonviolent offenses. And so we want to talk about how we make our communities and our schools secure, but I hope that we will not be wrong-headed about it, and I'm very pleased that we're going to be discussing um, what does it mean to have secure schools without criminalizing the schools, without turning them into bastions of guns, um, without having teachers have guns and others. But I hope we can have a thoughtful discussion um, about how we keep our children safe, but what are the underlying issues? And it's not just mental health, um, but what are the underlying gaps in what it means to be an American? Um, why are we killing each other? I mean, what, what, what is this? What are we missing um, that can take such a toll on life? And, and so I think we need to use this as a moment of national reckoning. And I do hope that first, though, we will get some 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 control over these assault weapons and over ammunition clips and and um, and but secondly think about new ways we can teach each other of resolving conflicts without violence so thoughtful discussion you mentioned in one month from today you're going to be coming back to the harvard ed school campus to talk with john marrow and kathy mccartney about school violence and violence in our schools especially amongst children uh, a lot of the problems a lot of the challenges have been stated uh, aside from coming to this ask with forum and engaging in this conversation calls to action for those listening right now, parents, teachers, educators, is it right to your congressman? Is it work on a grassroots level in your local communities? Uh, get, tell us what we it's should be all doing. all of these. I mean, I just hope that Congress will, you know, hear from millions of people 
that we've got to get these assault weapons out of her. You know, they've got no place in civilian hands. And then these, these, these high-powered ammunition clips absolutely got to have basic gun safety rules. And when we look at the experience in London or in England or in Scotland and in Australia um, after the similar massacres, um, they took actions. And it is the difference that guns make. Um, he could not, as you saw, there was a ch thing that went on in China with, with a knife, but none of the children died. Was, you know, but we got to get the guns out of the streets and out of the hands of people who kill children and out of the hands of children and young people. So this is our time. So we've got to not go away. We can no longer let the National Rifle Association, 74% of whose members really do want to have responsible gun control and assault weapons and things like that, we must not let this moment pass. So please make a big noise with your state, with your local people, but with your Congress people. We need to have votes and we need to have move forward. But secondly, I hope that we can begin to talk in our congregations um, and in our schools about conflict resolution, about not using violence as a way of resolving conflict, about peace circles, about the alternatives to, to, to suspensions, about a lot of things um, that allow us to relate to each other in new and different ways. Um, and third, I hope that um, this is all rel related to what I'm deeply concerned about and which we've been discussing here today at, at the Harvard Ed School on the cradle to prison pipeline. Um, but, but, but we've got to stop the criminalization of children. We've got to stop imprisoning young folk. We've got to begin to, in the earliest years, um, make sure that they grow up feeling loved and cherished and, um, and where we have systems in place um, in the zero to three. We've got to close the gap between what we know and what we do. And, you know, we know about importance of early brain development and maternal attachment and all these things um, and a lot of the problems of maternal depression. So I hope that we can talk about really thoughtful support systems for parents as well as for children and diagnose these things early but treat these things early um, and in schools have the kind of support systems. Um, and, you know, there used to be this big backlash against school-based clinics. Um, when they first opened up in a few places, including Chicago. I read all the intakes for some of the first clinics in Chicago, and the kids were not there for birth control or for, um, you know, um, um, abortions or anything like that. Um, they were there because they needed somebody to talk to. They were wondering how they were going to stay out of gangs. They were wondering how they were going to deal with a lot of the day-to-day -day interpersonal problems. And we need to have these kinds of support systems in place. So I hope that we can have a national conversation about how we're going to relate to each other and how we're going to value our children and put them on a positive trajectory to adulthood and keep them out of that prison pipeline. One month from today, Marion Wright Edelman, along with John Marrow and Kathy McCartney, will be part of a school violence Ask With Forum, Ask With Hall, 5.30 p.m., March 13th. Marion Wright Edelman, it is always a pleasure for you to be here. If anyone wants to follow what you're doing, what you're writing about, where can they look over the next they month? They should go to our website, um, and um, www.childrensdefense.org. We've got more stuff on there than you'll ever want to know about, but when we're really, and I do a weekly HuffPost piece, and many of them are now on gun violence. Um, and I also hope that all of your folk can get involved in the whole need to invest in early childhood education. And I hope that it can be preschool education, but I hope it'll not be the expensive Head Start and childcare that's of high quality and that's accountable. But more importantly, I hope there will be a thoughtful trajectory from zero to three and, and up to third grade so that every child is reading. But we've got to put into place full day, high quality kindergarten. Um, you can't have common core standards for K-12 and then have kindergarten that is full day and of high quality in only 10 states. And so we've got to get involved in this debate because, again, and I think that um, nothing is more important um, than educating our children, the whole child, 
Um, and so I think this is a moment of great opportunity, but we've got to make our voices heard. Continue the conversation with Mrs. Edelman, March 13th, 5.30 p.m. on Askwith Hall. All are welcome to attend. You are just one of our favorite guests. Thank you for being on the show. I love being here. Thank <laughs> this you. This is the Harvard EdCast, a production of the Harvard Graduate School of Education. I'm your host, Matt Weber. Thank you kindly for listening. The Harvard Graduate School of Education, working at the nexus of practice, policy, and research.